the best things my education has given me to excel for our company is the design process is the same. Whether or not it's designing a painting or designing how we're going to apply, you know, 12,000 metric tags to 12,000 plants in, you know, the next three hours, <laughs> the same thing. It's, yeah. it's all this, it's concept and then try it out, get your materials right, you know, do a little draft, tweak the draft, refine it, and then just keep pushing. And so I really respect our neighbors. I really respect everyone who's still in this industry because it takes a lot of creative work to survive. This is Lit and Lucid, your after-work de-stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid, and we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back. Consume your favorite cannabis products and get cozy cozy in the the Lit and and Lucid lifestyle. Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here in season 13. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, Today on Lit and Lucid, we are speaking with Christina DiPacci. She is the CEO of Paradiso Gardens in California. Paradiso offers a vacation from the everyday, specializing in high quality craft cannabis as one of the largest independent farms in the state. We are super excited to learn about the inspiration behind the brand from Christina, who's been in the industry for over 10 years, handling many aspects of the business from finance to compliance, creative branding and packaging. You guys, this brand is so fun. I know that like it's vacation from the everyday is like their tagline and it looks like a vacation in some cannabis or a pre-roll, you guys. So kick back, relax and enjoy the show. Well, we're so stoked to have you today. And Lucy just riddled off a bunch of amazing things. So first off, you are like a jack of all trades and wear a lot of hats, which is wonderful. And so I can't wait to learn more about you and kind of your background and kind of what led you here because you seem like a rock star already. But before we dig into the story, if there's one thing we all need a little bit more of, it's a little blissful retreat from the ordinary. Uh, But before we drift off into cannabis, let's talk about how it all started. So when did you become a cannabis consumer? Well, well, first, I want to say thank you so much for having me on your show. It's really quite an honor. I hope my mom's not listening, but I started consuming cannabis when I was about 12 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Me and my girlfriends, we would each save like $5 and then we would buy a 20 bag after school on Friday and then figure out the whole weekend how to roll this up into something smokable. (laughs) And it would last, we'd roll a blunt and it would last the entire week. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I wish we could still do that like today. That would be like amazing to get it to last all weekend. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, um, your educational background is in fine arts and scientific illustration from Cal State Monterey Bay. So tell us kind of how did it all start there? And, and you know, how did, the, how did the road lead to, you know, you are working in for a cannabis company? That is a great question. I... My passion in life has always been art and illustration. And so my undergrad is Parsons and I I lived in New York for a really long time, grew up there. And in around 2010, um, my current partners bought some land up in Humboldt and started to grow cannabis. And at that point I was really excited 
I guess I'm still excited, but it's really exciting. <laughs> came out there and kind of fell in love with California. Um, a lot of the nature up in Humboldt is really, really epic and it's really distinctly different than New York. And it was, you know, all encompassing and I wanted to learn as much as possible. And so I, while do, you know, learning how to grow cannabis, I started, I enrolled in a program in Cal State, Monterey Bay in scientific illustration to, with a focus on botanical studies to further explore what kind of the diversity of plant life that there is here, including cannabis. So you're a cannabis grower and like, what is scientific illustration? You like draw pictures of plants or what do you do? It's exactly that. It's the nerdiest, most blissful thing. It is all old ladies. Are, <laughs> and you just go to botanical gardens and they all put on these classes. And it's it's really niche. It's international. Um, and it's really fun. I have not had time for it in the past, you know, seven years. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it's definitely, it, I, I'm so excited to get back into it. Have you drawn some really cool pictures of your plants? Mm, not really. I, it, 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 the regulated cannabis life is pretty uh, time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't leave a lot of free time. No time for drawing. So, not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Did Did you mention to any of your classmates at the time that you were interested in cannabis or possibly like going that route? No. Oh, my no. God. That was like 2011 or 2012. Oh, and I still like, I paid for that grad program from a grow that I did in Humboldt. Like I didn't, I just, I did not tell anybody. It was <laughs> giant secret. Yeah. That was back when it was still like somewhat stigmatized. That was almost 10 years ago. Jeez. Mm -hmm. It was very stigmatized. Colorado had been gone legal. As soon as Colorado mm -hmm. went legal, then I would like, it opened the door. And then I told my parents and, you know, started being like a little bit more open about it. That's true. Well, tell us a little bit more about that, like being a cannabis farmer in Humboldt. Like, that's a very unique experience. Like, how did you feel? Like, what was the environment? Just tell us a little bit more. It was it was weird because it was super secretive, especially at that time, you know. But I, you know, there was like a second wave, which is kind of, you know, like me. So I didn't come from a generation of farmers. You know, I'm transplanted over there. There's a bunch of other transplants and you don't know like how far, like, who everyone knows it's very it's really rural there's a lot of you know ex-loggers and religious people who are like not very down with cannabis cultivators but at the same time they were bringing a lot of prosperity into these small towns um but for me it was more about like the views and going to the river and nature and it was just so beautiful and you don't have cell phone service there for a lot of it and it's like the best to be that unplugged <laughs> it's like a whole different side of the cannabis industry that i think a lot of people would be like ah please no cell phone service take me there <laughs> oh nice and it's just you know it's real. it's like who you know so it's all these like little introductions and there's so many homesteaders so i ended up learning a lot more about gardening in general and how to, you know, have a really healthy life and have a healthy property and how to be like good water and just conscious of all these things that coming from New York, I was very unconscious of. And so did that experience kind of lead to Paradiso Gardens or how did that all evolve? Paradiso? <laughs> yes. Um, 
So Paradiso Gardens came out of a, I think, a longing to represent recreation in the recreational market, Um, but represent recreation from a group of people who are legacy growers um, and operators in the industry. And we really wanted to embrace the joy of smoking and the the shareability of it. But all, it's just like, it's the first thing that we all did to like de-stress and to like feel connected and to just take a breath and like just relax. And we all value kind of art and design. We really love colors. We, you know, really were like, they're going to be a beautiful designed company that has really quality flower. And we can be that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of where that came from. Nice. I love that. Um, we are like into that whole, like you said, the vacation from the everyday. And I think there were some other little taglines in there, like paradise in a puff. And I just loved all those little tidbits on your website because it really, that's how we feel when we smoke joints. Like we are 100% flower consumers. We smoke a joint every night. And that is, that's like our little bliss, our vacation from the shitty day or whatever it was. But that's definitely why we consume. So I loved all of that. I agree. And I think it's yeah. a nice pairing where you mentioned, like, I mean, you're in Humboldt and you mentioned the you know, legacy growers and that's like, I mean, we're from Colorado and when we think of legacy growers, I literally think of Humboldt. Um, and I don't even, I mean, maybe it's a thing in Colorado and I'm probably offending somebody, I'm sure, but I really do think of, you know, the West Coast people as being like the tried and true, like the people who held it down for, for pretty much everybody. I remember when I was a teen, when I first started smoking weed, we'd get a bunch of sour diesel and it all came from California. We'd be like so stoked, like, yes, we got some Cali sour D. It's like the best stuff. And I mean, it would have came from some of these legacy growers probably in Humboldt or uh, the Emerald Triangle or, or somewhere, you know, on the West Coast. So I think what you guys have done with the brand is, is tied in the part of it that I think really got us all here, which is the legacy market and craft cannabis and all those things you said about caring for the environment and caring about the plant and uh, making sure you have a high quality product. But at the same point, like, like Lucy said, we're all just trying to look for like a vacation when we're smoking weed. We're trying to just get away from the daily stresses or get away from the grind. And uh, I think you guys have definitely encompassed a brand that uh, allows you to kind of escape the, uh, the monotony of the daily life. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, I think I should clarify. So we started in Humboldt, but right now in 2016, we moved down to Monterey. That's what and I was so, wondering where you guys were. Yeah. Yeah. So we had an opportunity to grow and expand in a county that had not previously been very supportive of cannabis. <laughs> and um, but it, it, it was, it was a good space and it was large scale and it was greenhouse. And, um, and so we came down here and we tried to carry as much as we could the benevolence of what Humboldt had to offer. And now you go, do, is your grow the caliber farms? Exactly. Okay, cool. So tell us a little bit more about that. You know, I know it's high quality craft cannabis. So what does that mean for your cultivation? So for our cultivation, that means... So we're in greenhouses, which are really giant greenhouses that used to be for cut flower production. So there used to be roses and lilies and tulips and chrysanthemums grown in these facilities. They were really dilapidated when we moved in. And for the past five years, it's been, you know, rehabilitating them while being in production. So it's pretty fun. 
Um, and for us, the first thing that we did when we got down here is we installed lights into them, like grow lights, um, just to really ensure we're getting the highest quality that we can and then utilizing the sun. So it's more of the sustainable hybrid of indoor than just pure outdoor. Right. Um, we get about six crops a year out of each of our spaces. And so we're continually harvesting. We put a lot of care and attention into our streams. And so that's, I think for us, one of the, the largest touch points of we're caught, we're taking maybe 10 new strains a month and we're just like trialing them out, seeing them, getting different crosses from breeders, trying to really hone in and keep the, what ends up in Paradiso always changing and that's really fun for the consumer i think it's really it's it's one of my favorite things about the job so that's fun so what do you guys look for when you guys are looking and and testing out these different strains are you guys looking for specific like effect types or you guys looking for flavor or potency or all of those so we you know like the look of the nug is probably the first one and then it's the smell of it and then it's the potency and then it's the smoke and the smokeability and the the effect that you Mm -hmm. get and we look for winners of all these categories. And then they finally can, they get thrown into full production. Because you guys are doing just flower and pre-rolls, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. And what's your favorite strain that you guys have right now? Um, our LA Kush Cake is probably our best seller. And I think our prettiest strain. Um, we just did this really pretty photo shoot. It's like, huh? I just like, I like the variety. I can't ever say that I love one strain you know I I think seeing and experiencing the flowers that these you know our breeders are producing throughout the state and getting a chance to trial them in our space and see how they grow it's just that is so enchanting it's they're just beautiful we try to grow things that have like a purple tint to them and really crystally and have complex terpene profiles and it's just it's like, oh my God, it's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know the purple ones are my favorite. I saw somebody who posted the other day talking about, uh, or actually it was like we were watching some movie and it was talking about how the early earth, uh, a lot of the plants actually on earth were actually purple because of the, it was a different type. It wasn't really chlorophyll or something else in it. And then uh, pretty much all plants on earth have evolved from this type where uh, like purple was their predominant color, not green. And so I thought about cannabis and it almost makes me love these like purple strains a little bit more because I, I think in my brain now that uh, they're like the OGs, like the originals, you know, and a lot of all, all this other stuff kind of grew off of these. I guess most of them are like an indica varietal or something. But um, I mean, they're like the the original and like the steady strains, I guess. That is really cool. That makes me love the purple ones more. I yeah. can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And so then did you create like all the branding and the packaging for your company too? Or your Got it. No, uh, we worked with OMFG Co. They are a design agency out of Portland and they are fantastic. I can't recommend them enough. Um, and so that was a really wonderful collaborative process where they came down to the farm. They really got to know who we were and what we were trying to communicate. And what we were trying to, you know, create the feelings that we had and put it into something that a customer can understand. Um, And I think they did that really well. Um, So they did our brand basics. And then to 
continue along that, we have our in-house art director, Rita, who's phenomenal. Um, and it, it, we, it stays a collaborative process. So everything that we do, we all kind of throw in some input and kind of get to the point and push the brand further and further um, and keep it alive and interesting, colorful and beautiful. It is just that. It's very beautiful. Yeah, it's very bright. I like it. Was there somebody who kind of was like a, you know, did it did it grow from just somebody's idea or did you guys kind of come together and collectively kind of create this brand, uh, you know, Paradiso? And- it came together collectively. Hmm. It really was. We had so many. We went to Portland. They came down here. We met. We met one-on-one. We met all together. We did like this really deep dive. I felt like into our souls. To feel like, <laughs> What is our brand name? What are our colors? What are we trying to do? Who are we? Um, we're really diverse as a group. And I feel like that came through. And so it, we're also feminine leaning. <laughs> so that came through. But there is, I feel like, masculinity as a part of it. It's just really, they, they hit the nail on the head. I think it's really good. And it's really what we truly want to communicate to consumers and what we want to be as a uh, a craft cultivator in this industry is like do, relax it's totally good you're amazing just look at this something beautiful look at the sunlight take a moment and just chill yes <laughs> I, I know we know firsthand branding is like so hard <laughs> but like once you really get it and you feel that it speaks to your soul and it's exactly what you like envisioned in your mind it's just so satisfying so Kudos to you guys for going the extra mile and getting it all together because it looks really nice. Yeah, it's a vibe. I'm like on your guys' website right now. It's so beautiful. So clean. Thank you so much. I just, like, really just want some, I just want to smoke like all this weed on here. <laughs> <laughs> Come visit us. I know. It looks so good. The whole thing yeah. is great. And then are you guys also women owned? Does it yeah. read that somewhere? Cool. Yeah. So 83% of our ownership is a woman or a person of color. There you go. Cool. And cool. Yeah. And, and we're still independent. So it's, you know, me and my, the other founders money <laughs> and, you know, a few of our high school friends and like our lawyer. So it's really, it's a small group and we, we try to keep it that way. It works really well for us. Yeah. I think those are the, the ones that I like showcasing. First of all, is the, uh, the ones where you can like talk to the owners of it, like directly. And it's not through some, you know, corporate subsidiary or you're, some C-suite guy who wasn't even around when they branded it. I think these are the stories that I love personally. And I also think the women-owned piece and, and the minority-owned piece is huge because not a lot of people get those opportunities. I mean, we haven't spoken with a lot of women-owned you know, cannabis like operators in general. And so what you're doing is pretty incredible. And I think um, we were talking about how you know cannabis and the purple stuff, but all the cannabis we smoke is all, it's all a female derivative. So I think you know having more women in the cannabis industry is just a natural thing to me. I think we need we need more and more women really in the cannabis industry. Yeah, I agree. There's you don't see or experience a lot of operators because there aren't any. Mm-hmm. You know, and the money coming into this industry is also all male. Yep. And so try to be the anomaly. And it's I think there's it's subtle things that happen when you have females in charge and making decisions in your company. And it overall creates, I think, a much healthier workplace. (laughs) You know, you want balance, right? But you also, you know, we don't work people to the bone. You know, there's a lot of comfort. We have good vacation policies. (laughs) 
benefits, you know, it's, it's that kind of compassion and sensitivity to things. And then I think on the flip side, it's also really organized and we kind of get things done very efficiently by being compassionate and understanding, not by being like, we need to do, you know, and it's, so it, a lot of our managers are women. A lot of the heads of every department are women here and it's not intentional. It's just, I really try to give women particularly a space to work up to positions of power. And I often joke that I'm only here because I'm like willing to do the paperwork and stuff. (laughs) 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 So, but it's really good. And I think it's impactful when um, you get to see that this is possible. Mm -hmm. Like I know it's rare, but it is possible. Something that I'm realizing too in this industry is that there's a lot of women who support women. Mm-hmm. And it it's very low key, but often if there's a dispensary with a woman buyer, like they're gonna they're gonna take on our brand. There's a lot of that low key just support that happens, and um, it's really important. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great what you guys are doing. And I think, you know, you guys are an inspiration to a lot of people. And that's why we like showcasing these stories, because we want to see more, you know, we're hoping that some, some, you know, 21 year old is getting out of college. And they're like, I should go start a cannabis farm in like Connecticut. And I'd be like, hell yeah, go do it. Call Christina. (laughs) Anything possible. I I firmly believe that it's very, it's miraculous. We are still here and doing what we're doing. (laughs) Well, I I mean, you know, it truly speaks to like you guys as an individual too. And I think that's what needs to be celebrated a little bit more is the individualism and, and, and everything and the essence that everybody puts into it, because that really shows through in your product in the back end is like, you're mentioning a lot of these things of just being a little more sensitive. Um, you know, and you're talking about just the workforce or the work environment, but think about the product and, and the sensitivity that goes into the product and the care that goes into the product at the end of the day. And I'm sure your consumers can probably tell that there's just an extra level of care. And so I think, you know, the whole experience really is like, it's like a root that takes off and everything grows from that. Absolutely. There's a free pack of matches in every eighth that we have. Oh, <laughs> fun. <laughs> No, that's, but a, that's great. That's a thing. You know how many like I don't know. We I've were trying got to a free pack of matches. Trying to light fireworks this weekend, and everybody stole our lighters. So I mean, like lighters <laughs> are hard to find. So if you can score a way to to light something up every time you smoke, I mean, that's a given. That's great. <laughs> well, I know even when we go to the dispensary, like we are strong proponents of like sp- supporting independent farms and craft cannabis. And unfortunately, you know, everybody's getting bought out these days. And there's a lot of corporate cannabis out there, and there's not that many small guys. So I'm glad you guys are still sticking with it. Are the consumers, you know, still asking for, you know, small farms and craft cannabis out there in California? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> it is so hard to understand the market here. It, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of brands here. This is the mecca of cannabis. So to stay on top of all the new brands, plus all the new strains that are coming out is like pretty, I think, challenging for a consumer. And so we like to just take that, that out of the equation. Like it's, this is small batch. Here it is. This, you're getting really nice quality. The package is not disguising anything about the product. And I think California consumers are probably the snobbiest and most picky people. So there's, I think the brands that succeed are just inherently craft oriented. Like you kind of have to be here. There's, you're not going to really, Unless you're selling it by maybe for dirt cheap, but you have to have that to survive in this market. Yeah. 
I would agree. I think part of it too is that people uh, people like to showcase the stuff that that they buy and sell, or not sell necessarily, but like they want to show it off to their friends. And they also like there's some type of appeal with everything. So if you guys are doing small batch craft stuff, somebody could be like, "I just scored this. What was it? Like an LA like Kush cake or something? Uh, <laughs> you, you know, maybe it's like a, even they're not going to get it again for three or four months or something. I mean, that stuff that's like appealing to people of like, I got this one time strain that was fucking fire, and like I'm going to keep emailing these people or hitting them up on social media until they have it again. Like that's the stuff that's cool versus like something that's just mass produced every single week, like, you know, blue dream, you yeah. know, like it just gets old after a while. Yeah. That's like, we do um, a lot of blood tender trainings and it's like the first thing it's like, you will never get blue dream or green <laughs> Like never. <laughs> we will rotate through strains, but you will never get those. Like it's, it's our job to like stay on par- top of market trends mm-hmm. and to have you know, our finger, our pulse of like what people want. And I think especially as legacy operators, you know, I, I value my friends in this industry and I really value what they've been doing for their entire lives. And I want to make sure that that continues. And so we all, I think, play our part to help support the other legacy operators um, and to really make sure that cannabis even though it is getting really bought out and there's a lot of, you know, superficial operators that it really stays true. And it is important to do that. Absolutely. So you also have a sister company, Dovetail. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Dovetail and kind of where that's going? Absolutely. Um, So Dovetail is Paradiso's little sister. Uh, Dovetail is is our value brand. And so we curate products for each of the brands And dovetail is just more, it's just simple. Even through the color schemes, it's the primary colors. It's really basic. It's good weed for a good day. It's to share with your friends. It's more affordable than Paradiso. It's not, Paradiso has all of our premium cuts and our, you know, our best of the best. Dovetail has everything else. And so it's, it's really sweet. (laughs) I think (laughs) I really have an affection for it, even though. Um, it is so basic and it doesn't have, you know, cool packaging. It has cool packaging. I don't think it's basic at all. I was looking at your Instagram earlier and it's it's not basic. It's like mod. I would call it mod. It is mod. Okay. Yes. It's very mod. Um, (laughs) It's like Lucy's favorite word. I think everything's mod, but no, look at this brand. It's really mod. (laughs) 100% on it. No, it is mod. Um, and we took the opportunity because we thought it was so simple and mod, but <laughs> to see if we could do all of the packaging in a sustainable fashion. And so dovetail, the jars that you get it with are fully compostable, the lid, everything, you know, and the pre-rolls come in these tins that are recyclable. And so we just want to make sure that even though it's cheaper for the consumer, it actually costs more to package all of this stuff. <laughs> I was about to ask, like, that sounds like some expensive packaging though. <laughs> it is, but, you know, someone's got to do it. Yep. You know, it, at a certain point, it's not, I don't think that it's the consumer's responsibility to figure out climate change. You know, yeah. I think the manufacturers and people who are packaging things have a big hand to play. And so with cannabis, it's like really, really, really hard to find just packaging solutions in general let alone sustainable ones. And so we had an opportunity where we started working with this factory and they do all of these amazing 
uh, materials. And so we were like, can we do this? Huh. And we did. And it worked. And so, you know, we want to keep that forward, keep that momentum going forward. That's pretty cool. I think that's a nice touch to really the brand where, I mean, you portrayed it as a value brand where, I mean, people think of probably like Walmart or Coors Light or something just like basic, but it's really not basic. You guys are almost creating like another brand that's just accessible, but it also still has all these kind of core values of like a brand that cares, you know, like a socially conscious brand essentially. And then we, you know, Lucy just pulled up your Instagram and I got to say, you guys like killed like the design and like the art aspect too. It's super artsy. It's super like designy. And it's not basic at all. No. Like it's a whole brand of itself. It's like so futuristic, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with your sustainability aspect. You know what I mean? You'd be like, this is like futuristic and mod and cool. Yeah. And I like it. I, I dig it for it's a sure. Fun vibe. Oh, I love you guys are so sweet. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's throughout anything and everything that we do, there's a, a good sense of design and art. And how often do you get to run an entire cannabis company and create branding and packaging for it? as it's becoming realized so not very often and you might as well do it right and have a good time and try your best and be creative and be experimental and set challenges for yourself you know the this job is often filled with so many like heartbreaking aspects of compliance and you know, it's the market grows and it's just, it's so challenging. And for us, the brands really are a, a space where we actually do get to have fun and we do get to be ourselves in this other way. And it feels, it feels really good. And we want to make sure, you know, we want to pass it on to customers. Like someone does care. Yeah. <laughs> like think- we actually are overseeing this and we do, we're trying. <laughs> That's great. I think, uh, and I've, I've probably said this a few times on our show, but I think one of the coolest things to come with the whole cannabis industry really is the creative work that's come with it and not just packaging, but I'm also speaking of just like the creativity even around compliance or the creativity around uh, production or operation or cultivation or extraction. I mean, there's been, there was no books for anybody. There was no, you know, regulatory books, no like how-to books, no like cannabis, you know, company operation 101 or cannabis operations for dummies books there's none of it so a lot of this is like people having to figure stuff out and it's really been this creative type that has came in the industry and been the most successful in my opinion because they can apply that creativity to a number of factors and then i think what the consumer sees on the back end is all these this like extremely beautiful brand work that has come from a number of these brands and and especially you know the work you guys are doing like the brand work is amazing i mean what other consumer products do you buy where the packaging's like off the chain and you're like, I just want to build a shelf to like showcase all this empty packaging I have of all this, these cannabis products. I mean, there's really nothing else. I mean, maybe like energy drink stuff maybe would come close. Uh, I mean, there's, there's some other stuff I'm sure that's close, but cannabis packaging is like the coolest shit ever. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Well, both with cannabis packaging, but also with the creativity around compliance and efficiency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're... Our farm has, you know, 200,000 plants at any given time. And they're in all these different aspects of the cultivation process. And there is no one, there is no, it's just like us in this valley with, you know, eight other competitors that are all in the same situation trying to figure out how to grow cannabis at scale. There's nowhere to look for. No one had a clue. They're like, oh, well, you can grow 
Like we took references from the flower market. We took references from tomato and cucumber growers. We took all these different references and you just have to try these different iterations. And, you know, besides our brands, I think one of the, the best things my education has um, given me to excel for our company is the design process is the same, whether or not it's designing a painting or designing how we're going to apply, you know, 12,000 metric tags to 12,000 plants in, you know, the next three hours, (laughs) the same thing. It's, it's all this, it's concept and then try it out, get your materials right. You know, do a little draft, tweak the draft, refine it, and then just keep pushing. And so I really respect our neighbors. I really respect everyone who's still in this industry because it takes a lot of creative work to survive. I think Jared knows that all too well. He used to work for the largest um, outdoor (laughs) cultivation in Colorado. And back before, like you said, there was any like anybody to talk to or anybody to, you know, figure things out from. And that's what they did, like trial and error and just had to figure it out. I feel bad because we made a lot of videos. We even made a can of cribs. And I turned around the next like three or four years and I watched so many farms. And all they did was watch the can of cribs video. And you could see like the barrels we used and the process and the trimmers and the extractors and the shakers and the sorters and all these different things. And I'm like, my God, we just barely figured that out. Like right before we were harvesting or like right before we planted, we just like came up with that or like we were just developing that SOP and that form to like manage that. And it was a shit show. It, and, it, and it still probably is a little bit of a shit show, but it's probably a little bit less of a shit show. But it's a lot of work. I could tell you that. And then once you add compliance into the mix and not just of like, how am I going to you know attach these tags? It's like, then you got to go input. 12 to 20,000 metric tags into metric and then start tracking them and then harvesting is a whole different thing. And that's why I mentioned, you know, creativity is probably the, uh, the underdog skill that I think every operator and owner should absolutely have to succeed is like, you got to be creative. I completely agree. <laughs> I think every operation is a shit show. And I think we all just <laughs> do our best. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would love it. I mean, that's what's bad, too, because I mean, we had competitors, too, and you couldn't really go down the street and, and talk to them because it was so competitive. And when you did finally talk to them, it was like everybody was really doing something totally different to solve the same problem. And that's where I started realizing that, you know, creativity is just like a great skill because everybody still found a way. Um, even though most people's, you know, it, it may just be like an unorthodox method to you, but like they found a, a great way to work it for them. So I don't know. I'm sure if we all got in the same room and, and talked, we'd all be like, wow, you know, geez, <laughs> we could probably do this more often because we're all just trying our best to like make it. And we're all battling different forces that aren't even each other more than anything. So you know, yeah. exi- like you said earlier, kudos to everybody who's made it this long and kudos to everybody who's still doing it because it's a lot of work and it's a lot of long nights and long days and a lot of figuring shit out. So Great job to everybody. That's why you have to support the small cannabis farmers because it's tough. (laughs) So vote with your dollars. There you go. Speaking (laughs) of voting with your dollars, how can our California consumers find your products? Oh, great question. Um, We actually just updated it yesterday. So you can go to our website, paradisogardens.com, and we have a store locator. Um, I believe it's at the bottom of the page where to find us. You can also visit our Instagram and look through we have saved stories of all of the shops that we're in oh perfect love that go find them you guys if we were in california that's where we'd be headed after this episode that's what's up what (laughs) is your instagram handle to make it super simple 
Oh, at paradiso.gardens. There we go. Perfect. Get at them. Go follow them right Find now, guys. Them. And Dovetail. They have all their other fun brands on the links for their bios, too. So you could follow them all. I know. We got a lot of cannabis consumers in California that listen. So if you are listening and you do go get some Paradiso Gardens, send us a picture and tag us, please. We'd love to see it. Love to see you smoking it before we are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet. Thank you guys so much. All right, Christina. Well, we have one final question. We are the Lit and Lucid podcast. So are you lit or are you lucid? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm lucid. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, we're going to go get lit. So thanks for being lucid with us. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Sweet. That was really fun. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you guys. With that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. <laughs> Have you ever felt like you needed a midday boost? Something to keep the brain juices flowing, but not to the point of your head spinning? That was us just a few years ago, trying to balance the demands of life while still trying to be present for the things that bring the passion out of us, like our podcast. Jared and I normally record our podcasts after work and really started to dread them because we'd be burnt out by the time the recording came around. And I'll admit that sometimes we'd even skip the gym just to conserve our energy. Who wants to skip the gym? I don't don't like missing the gym, so we had to figure something out. Early last year, we started exploring the world of mushrooms and found a handful of ancient mushrooms really seemed to give us an edge. We spent the remainder of the year optimizing a blend of mushrooms, adaptogens, and CBD to give us the best of both worlds, to be more lit and lucid throughout the day, a little more energy, a little more cognition, and a healthy dose of stress relief. I sure know I can use more energy and focus to get through my day. Our Balance Blend capsules are handcrafted with love right here in Colorado, made with all natural ingredients, vegan and lab certified. And each serving contains 33 milligrams of Colorado-grown CBD, and we only use extracted mushrooms from 100% fruiting bodies in our blends, so you know it's the best. Ready to give them a try? Visit www.litlucid.com and use code LIT20 for 20% off your first order. Join the lifestyle today.